Well, welcome everybody. This is the second Development Debate podcast. Exciting, exciting times, Dave. Tell you, Development Dave, Debate podcast Dave, number two. You owe me 10 bucks. You said we'd never make it to a second show. <laughs> I owe you 10 bucks. I'll, I'll get you, you know, next, uh, tomorrow. And I mean in currency, okay? I mean, not, don't try and don't barter. Know. Don't try and like give me golf balls. And, I mean, I don't need any of that stuff. Just currency. I know. I know how you operate. I know I'm not giving you, you know, some kind of. Some I need kind cash. Of I mean, thing. Yeah, I'll give you cash. I'll give you cash. Cash is, cash is still king, even if we. Maybe, use maybe two cigars. That actually would work for you, though. Mm. Yeah, this, maybe the bartering's a good idea. I'm Dave Robinson with the Montrose Group, and I've got uh, Nate the Great Green with me today. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, COVID nineteen and really what are the business survival strategies and i and I, and i don't i want to be positive quite frankly i don't i don't want us to just think about surviving but i also want us to think about thriving start with how bad it is you know um, in a word it's awful there's a million different ways to measure it we tend to look at um, what the us department of commerce says or it's 13 top uh, economic indicators that they keep track of on a regular basis of the 13, there's only one or two that are moving in the right direction at this point. Um, personal income decreased $222 billion in, in the U.S. economy. That's 1.1% in June. Disposable personal income decreased $255 billion. That's 1.4%. Personal consumption expenditures uh, increased, interestingly, by $737 billion. Because they're staying home and because they're spending more money online, those expenditures are up. You know, that, that's one of the only highlights uh, out of all of this. Well, I, I would also say it's clearly a net positive result of the federal government uh, opening up the, the checkbook. And whether it was the individual checks to taxpayers or right. PPP loans or enhancing the... Well, or, or continued unemployment. I mean, there's, right. there's a lot of reasons. You're right about that, Dave. There's a lot of reasons for that. And that has... I think, you know, if there's a, if there's any positive, because there's not a lot of good ones, but if there's any positive, all of the incentives or, or things that have been put in place by the federal government, that's it right there. Now, uh, you know, real gross domestic product, which is, of course, uh, you know, the, the sum of all of our economic activity, decreased at an annual rate of 32.9% in the second quarter of 2020. Yeah. And uh, if, if this were a presentation where you could see the chart, um, the, the number staggering because quite frankly, before this, the GDP had been growing at a, a strong and steady rate, you know, quite frankly, for a decade. Uh -huh. So it has been um, horrendously bad. Interestingly, um, you know, international trade deficit in goods decreased by 70 billion. So we're actually doing a little bit better on the, on the trade deficit, but it's still a substantial deficit. Uh, the rental vacancy rate in the second quarter of 2020 was 5.7% lower. From a real estate standpoint, this, this crisis is going to wreak havoc, uh, especially the, the office numbers are going to be, um, you know, uh, just, just continue to struggle. I don't know any other way to put it. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of folks uh, kind of wondering why they have all the office space they do. Housing starts uh, are actually up. So that that is that's something that's, that's interesting. Again, the government prime of the pump a little bit, lowering interest rates. Uh, U.S. retail and food service sales for June were up $524 billion. That's an increase of 7.5% from the previous month. So people are starting to go back out and shop. We, we live in a, um, 
uh, consumption-based economy. So that is something that is that is very important. Um, new orders for manufactured goods in May increased 30.5 billion. That's up 8%. Nate, maybe all the news isn't bad. No, I think so. I'm starting to feel better about this. I mean, I think you're right. I've convinced myself things are getting better. I mean, look at that number. New orders for manufactured goods. You didn't even get that one yet, but that's up 8%. I mean, that's not even retail goods. That's a, that's a big deal. That means that companies are uh, making things. Yeah. Not all the numbers are bad. So, you know, uh, looking at the public health issue, um, I I wish I could tell you that the numbers were as good as some of our, uh, you know, economic data is. We have seen a substantial uh, reemergence of the virus. Quite frankly, if you look at the national numbers, and I think it's true in a lot in, a, in, a, in most of the states, and it's true uh, in a whole bunch of new states, we have seen a dramatic increase. I think the reality is we're we're illustrating that we are in fact Americans. Um, we're struggling and being in behaving in ways that we're told to behave. You know, this is the place that was, uh, you know that had a revolution because the British kept telling us what to do and we didn't like it. And, yep. uh, and I'd have to tell you, we're paying, we're paying the price for it. Americans travel, they travel to urban areas, they travel wherever they can. Uh, it's the summer and people are out. And so that is driving numbers that are, uh, frankly, even worse than they were at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and that's a challenge, you know, the GDP numbers, uh, uh, that proves it out, but that's, yeah, it's, it's not good, and it's um, and unfortunately, I think it's not going to get any better. What I'm a little worried about from a, from an economic standpoint is, you know, we've got some uh, certainly some uh, you know a mixed economic uh, message. Um, we've had some positive numbers that I'm worried are really going to take a hit mm-hmm. if if these businesses, whether the government closes them or not. So from an economic standpoint, you know, what industries are winning and, and losing? And this, this list really has not changed since the start of this, from our perspective. Um, you know, big uh, post-COVID-19 industry winners are data centers. Um, we think there's a huge opportunity to, to pull back in the domestic supply chain for, for America's manufacturing industry. Um, that could involve reshoring projects back from uh, Asia in particular. Uh, the growth in logistics and e-commerce, um, we are, as a firm, we are very, very busy um, in working with developers and, and you know, working with these, these logistics companies. They're moving at hyperspeed. 94% of Fortune, Fortune 1000 companies uh, have seen disruptions from COVID-19. Yeah. Um, that actually, that bleeds into both of those sectors you just talked about. It bleeds into uh, reshoring um, and the, the domestic supply chain. It also bleeds into logistics and, and uh, distribution. And I think, um, you know, uh, in that Accenture survey, uh, 75% have had a negative or strongly negative impact of that business. And, and what it's doing um, for those companies, you know, so many of them are global today. So many companies have moved manufacturing across the globe, whether it's Asia or, or South America. Um, and they are having to figure out different ways to, to manufacture things because it's not as easy to get those manufactured goods. Right. And, and I think, you know, that's worth pointing out because I think that's, a, that's an important data point. The, the, the losers in this, in this crisis, this list is not a surprise. Traditional brick and mortar retail, you know, if, if, if that brick and mortar retail, if that strip mall was struggling uh, to compete with e-commerce before this, um, if they're not dead by now, it's, it's a miracle. 
it, it is it is just going to be a, a, a bigger and bigger issue. Um, airlines, you know, uh, I know Nate had some. Yeah, yeah Delta, uh, the Delta CEO, I heard him uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, talking on CNBC. And, you know, he said that um, their numbers are at they are at 25 to 30 percent capacity of where they were uh, in 2019. So and he did not expect that that number would get any better. Huge part of their the airline industry is business travel. And there's no there's very few people traveling for business. Uh, and the Delta CEO said, hey, there's we don't think that there's going to be that many uh, traveling uh, for the rest of the year. I think they laid off 20 25,000 people. They laid off a lot of people. They did, Delta did, and I know both United and uh, American have done the same. But that's the problem for the industry. Their 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 numbers are just down. Well, and that and that might be a long term trend. You know, there could be a lot of companies that are out there that saying, "Why are we sending people across the country when we can just do a Zoom call?" I'm not sure if it will be the end of that. I think what's going to happen is that that's going to be a slow. That's going to be slow to come back. I think that people. You know, if, if we get a vaccine, let's say that it comes out in the first quarter of next year, well, that means that still people aren't going to travel probably until the, the third or the fourth quarter. So it's possible that that is going to last for 12, 18 months uh, in, you know, that business travel because people are still going to be, they're still going to have trouble uh, and, and just concern with travel and being on planes and being in airports. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, or sleeping in hotels. I mean, you know, those are all yeah, things that it's, it's getting in a rental car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just to, don't know. You, you hope that bankers. all those things are safe, but you, well, you, but you just have to balance the risks and then, and then it's, right. it's just a, again, I think it's a bigger struggle for the industry uh, going along that hospitality, yeah. uh, restaurants and bars. Um, you know, so, so again, none, none of that should be a surprise. I think it's been out there now. What can a company do to survive and thrive? What 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 are the what are the things you first have to? First of all, you have to have money. Okay, um, if the customers aren't you know there for you, then you have to figure out how to get financing. Now, I think the good news is, and I, I think we've had um, thousands of companies, uh, probably millions of companies, apply and and be awarded um, PPP loans or or idle loans through the through the SBA programs. You also have 27 states that are offering some form of state government uh, back financing for companies. It sounds stupid, but you know, first thing you got to do is get financing and get financing for more than you think you need. Uh, you know, because again, I think all of us hoped if we just kind of put our head down and and sucked it up and uh, stayed in our house in March and April, everything would be okay. Well, it's not, nope. and. Uh, it, it, it's the new reality that we have to have to deal with. For those businesses that didn't do that before and are still struggling, there are funds still available. Uh, there are funds still available for states and local entities. And I encourage any company to, to continue to look at those. We, I mean, shoot, Dave, we had a, a company just uh, this week that we helped apply for an idle loan. So the money is yeah. still there and, and uh, I encourage people to still go, go look for it. Second issue is figuring out how to return to work. The, 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 the reality is, uh, if, if your company's like ours and you're, you're able to do your work from home, that's phenomenal. But, but most, most companies are not, are not that way. Most companies have to have, you know, folks uh, in the office, in the factory, out in the field to do the work. 
And then the, the third bucket is what's the shape of the recovery? Um, how is this data-driven healthcare policy going to impact the economy? Are Americans, is your market, are people going to follow it? You know, is it, you know, so it isn't just if is it going to work, but is it going to actually be followed? Where are we with rapid testing? But <laughs> this rapid testing is a big deal. You know, I, I think the MLB, I mean, they're able to test and have, you know, uh, a test back within a day, if not, you know, eight hours. Um, all these, the NHL in the, in the uh, PGA Tour um, and the NBA, now they're all in a bubble, which actually has helped them. But the point is that rapid testing is a big part of their business. Um, and it could be a big part of any business. I mean, that's... Well, but the other point is not every business has as much money as Major League Baseball. Or access to that. Or access to the technology or access to the reagents yep. that you need for the testing. So um, you, you really need to figure out, it's, it's easy to say, well, we're going to do testing. The hard part's but actually getting it done in the time frame that you need it. That you well, can, Yeah, and I think it is. It's a, that's a challenge. And I think for businesses, that's a, that's a struggle. Um, some of them have got it right. I mean, if you look at the food processing plants, they, they did not get it right. Um, I think that they've retracted right. and they're probably doing right. things differently now. Right. But certainly... That's a big thing for every business and trying to figure out how you monitor that, you know, because just checking temperatures doesn't no. doesn't mean anything. You know, we've said this before. There's a lot of great companies that are going to have an awful year. Yep. And those great companies probably signed uh, economic development incentive agreements at the local and state level where they committed that they would create X number of jobs. They'd make Y amount of capital investment. And folks, it's not going to happen in 2020. Right. And I would tell you, I don't know if it's going to happen in 2021. The time actually is right now to talk to your state and local entities. And the reason for that is because what you said, Dave, it may be, you know, for a company that was going to create a bunch of jobs in 2020, it might not be till 2022 mm -hmm. that they're able to fulfill those, those commitments. But most entities still are going to want to see those companies grow. So most local and state entities are going to say, okay, we understand this is a market force. This is a market condition. Uh, we have that language in your tax credit agreement or your grant agreement. Let's look at how we can extend uh, your tax credits out for a couple of years so that you can make those, make those uh, improvements. And, and I think a lot of companies will be able to make that case uh, that, you know, we need to, we need a little extra time. Um, to be able to meet those commitments that we thought were going to happen in 2020. And just, we didn't know that there was going to be a recession caused by a pandemic going no. on. So not a lot of the agreements have a force majeure clause, like a lease, but they, a lot of them have market condition factors clauses. And so look at those, look at what that, what they mean. Um, do they, uh, what, what does the, what, what ability does the company have to change it? What can they ask for? Um, because, and I think, again, don't ask, I mean, don't wait to ask, uh, try to have those discussions now. Um, because if you wait until March of next year, uh, everybody's going to be asking, it's going to be no. tough. Well, and, and again, when we negotiate incentive agreements, we always make sure there's a marking condition clause yep. or a force, force majeure clause. I mean, I, I feel like when we use the term force majeure that my three years of law school we're worth it, Nate. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> it's all coming back, Dave. It, it is ironically, it is a French term. It's not yeah, a Latin, Latin term. term. Most yeah. of these painful legal terms, uh, again, that justifies very high tuition rates for law school. Well, um, 
you know, no. and, and and nice hourly fees. I'm not going to complain. Absolutely, no. But you know, it literally means in French uh, greater force. It, it's basically there's just an unforeseen uh, outside event that just that just made it difficult. So again, whether you're on the company side or the community side, it's recognizing that. You know, yeah. automation is another uh, is another big thing that that everyone's going to have to look at to to survive. And, and, and quite frankly, it it's going to be. Uh, you know, we think a new uh, economic opportunity, it's a trend that was happening anyway. The reality is a machine is, or a robot uh, or artificial intelligence and a computer software system is not going to give COVID to the, to the machine next to it. Right. And uh, so we think that automation is going to be uh, an area that, uh, that dramatically increases. And again, a big trend, robot, robotics, AI. Yep. Internet of Things. Yep. So, and really, then the final piece is supply chain. It's pulling that supply chain closer to uh, domestic U.S. facilities. You know, again, we've seen we are living we're living through this struggle. Um, you know, trying to you know if you if you've um, talked to any business out there that has an extended supply chain, a global supply chain, you know, they're going to be looking to pull that back in. That's a huge. Um, I think a huge economic opportunity for communities, um, you know, for the companies, they need to be thinking through the, the, the economic development incentive uh, process and the corporate site location process. But those, those are going to be, we think the, you know, the big strategies that are going to tie back to short-term financing, returning to work, um, you know, gaining and keeping economic development incentives, uh, automation and then on to supply chain. Now, um, we're going to have a detailed discussion on all those. This was just, uh, you know, this was just a little taste, I guess, to try and get you, try and get you interested. But, um, uh, you know, again, we, we appreciate everyone listening. And uh, I think, Nate, we have successfully completed the, the second development debate podcast. Wow. So we are, I, I mean, we're almost, we're getting, we're just getting to be experts at this. Thing. I don't know. I, I, I have to think through this. I think we deserve some sort of an award, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure a that out. A major award. Major award. But hey, thanks a lot and stay safe, everyone. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Development Debate Podcast. To learn more about the Montrose Group services, please visit MontroseGroupLLC.com.